Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you check out the website and give them a call. It's johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Bob Levy. He is the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute. We'll be talking about some of the key cases in this Supreme Court session. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. It is March the 8th, and on this day in 1917 in Russia, the February Revolution, known as such because of Russia's use of the Julian calendar at the time, began with riots and strikes over the scarcity of food erupted in Petrograd. One week later, centuries uh, of uh, czarist rule in Russia ended with the abdication of Nicholas II, and Russia took a dramatic step closer towards the Communist Revolution. In 1917, most Russians had lost faith in the leadership ability of the czarist regime. Government corruption was rampant, and the Russian economy remained backward. Nicholas repeatedly dissolved the Duma, the Russian parliament established after the Russian uh, Revolution of 1905. Uh, When it opposed his will, however, the immediate cause of the February Revolution The first phase of the Russian Revolution in 1917 was Russia's disastrous involvement in World War I. Militarily, Imperial Russia was no match for the industrialized Germany, and Russian casualties were greater than those sustained by any nation in a previous war. Meanwhile, the economy was hopelessly disrupted by the costly war effort, and moderates joined Russian radical elements in calling for the overthrow of the Tsar. On March 8, 1917, demonstrators clamored for bread, uh, to, took to the streets in Russian capital of Petrograd, now known as St. Petersburg. Uh, supported by 90,000 men and women on strike, uh, the protesters clashed with police but refused to leave the streets. On March the 10th, the strike began uh, spread almost uh, among all of Petrograd's workers, and irate mobs of workers destroyed police stations. Uh, several factories were elected deputies to the uh, Petrograd Soviet or Council of Workers Committees following the uh, model devised by the revolution of 1905. On March 11th, the uh, troops of a Petrograd army garrison were called out to quell the uprising. In some encounters, regiments opened fire, killing demonstrators, but the protesters kept to the streets and the uh, troops began to waver. That day, Nicholas again dissolved the Duma, On March the 12th, the revolution triumphed when regiment after regiment of the Petrograd garrison defected to the cause of the demonstrators. The soldiers, some 150,000 men, subsequently formed committees that elected deputies to the Petrograd Soviet. The imperial government was forced to resign, and the Duma formed a provisional government that peacefully vied for the Petrograd Soviet for control of the revolution. On March the 14th, the Petrograd Soviet issued Order Number 1, which instructed Russian soldiers and sailors to obey only those orders that did not conflict with the directors of the Soviet. The next day, March 15th, Tsar Nicholas II abdicated the throne in favor of his brother Michael, who refused the crown and brought an end to the czarist aristocracy. Uh, the new uh, provincial uh, government, tolerated by the Petrograd Soviet, hoped to salvage the Russian war uh, effort after ending the uh, food shortage and many other domestic crises. It would prove to be a daunting task. Meanwhile, Vladimir Lenin, leader of the Bolshevik Revolutionary Party, uh, left his exile in Switzerland across German enemy lines to return home and take control of the revolution. <clears throat> and that's the problem. Sometimes things can be bad, but you uh, something will always fill the void when leadership is taken out of uh, power. And in this case, of course, it is uh, got wood from the f- jumping from the fire pan to the fire. It's uh, very sad for the Russian people. And uh, there was a lot of promise, but uh, no beef. Where's the beef? Well, stocks sank Tuesday after the head of the Federal Reserve warned it could take the, turn the dial back up on the hikes to interest rates if pressures stay high on inflation. 
The warning shook markets and raised worries about a possible recession down the line. The S&P 500 dropped 1.53% for one of the worst days of the year so far. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 575 points, got creamed 1.72% down, and the Nasdaq fell 1.25%. Inflation and what the Fed is doing now about it has been at the center of Wall Street's sharp swings this year. After seeming to be on a steady decline since the summer, reports of inflation last month came in surprisingly hot, and so did a suite of other data on the economy. So the Fed, uh, they can deal with inflation or they can deal with a recession, but they can't deal with both at the same time. And that's that's the spot they're in right now. This economy is so bad because of the excessive spending that we've had <clears throat> It's a, it'll be surprising if there's a soft landing for this. Anyhow, the market didn't like it. Futures are up a tad right now, but as they say in the market, it looks like a dead cat bounce uh, going into Wednesday. Well, Governor Ron DeSantis' uh, State of the State address highlighted the bold endeavors he wants lawmakers to address during the 2023 legislative session. Uh, if you didn't see the address, you can see it online. I watched it yesterday. I couldn't watch it when he gave it at 11 o'clock in the morning, but it was really fantastic. Very inspiring, and I encourage you. But here's a brief summary. So we'll find ourselves in Florida on the front lines in the battle for freedom. Together, we've made Florida the nation's most desired destination, and we have produced historic results, DeSantis said. We will hold the line. We won't back down, and I can promise you this. You ain't seen nothing yet, said Ron DeSantis. The governor uh, won re-election by nearly 20 points, reiterated his support for proposals he had announced months leading up to the session. Those include school choice, the Second Amendment, and tax relief and immigration. We believe the borders matter, DeSantis said. We have put Floridians first, and we will continue to do that. This led to the governor's urgency for lawmakers to pass illegal immigration reforms. He also restated his stance on increasing penalties for fentanyl distributors. Excuse me, please. Florida is not a sanctuary state, and we uphold the rule of law, DeSantis said. The governor said it's time for lawmakers to pass constitutional carry, which would allow citizens to carry a firearm without being required to obtain a concealed carry license from the state. The governor noted, however, the state is proud to be pro-family with his proposed permanent sales tax exemptions for families' necessities. It's part of a $2 billion tax relief proposal lawmakers are considering. And by the way, this is, a, a, uh, again, this is a terrific way to uh, support families. Uh, it's so hard to ra- raise a family these days because of inflation and all the things that are going on. Well, uh, the governor has provided, and the legislature ha- will provide relief Uh, for especially those things that are involved in raising a a small child. Multiple times, the governor said the state has rejected the biomedical security state and urged lawmakers to pass permanent protections against vaccine and mask mandates. Now, this is really important to me. I don't know about you, but he said, we also need to protect the free speech rights and conscience rights of physicians, he said. The medical establishment whiffed an awful lot during COVID, and physicians who follow the evidence should not be penalized simply because they buck the state, uh, the stale consensus. <clears throat> that is so important. <clears throat> His leadership in this area is great. As expected, he emphasized expanding school choice, passing a teacher's bill of rights, and fortifying parental rights. Our schools must deliver a good education, not political indoctrination, the governor said. The governor made hard-hitting statements against medical procedures to treat gender dysphoria. He had a number of people get up on the, and uh, t- uh, be examples of what he was talking about. It's sad to say we have to say this because our children are not guinea pigs for science experimentation, he explained, and we cannot allow people to make money off mutilating uh, the governor highlighted Chloe Cole, who had become an activist against gender dysphoria procedures following a double mastectomy she regretted agreeing to as a 13-year-old. Chloe, thank you for your bravery, and uh, the people of Florida and the legislature should heed your advice and provide protections against these procedures, DeSantis said. DeSantis also called attention to the high number of frivolous lawsuits and thanked Speaker Renner for proposed reforms. The legal system should be centered on achieving justice, not lining the pockets of lawyers, DeSantis said. The governor also praised Senate, uh, President Kathleen Pasadoma, our own senator, for tracking, uh, uh, tackling workforce housing. 
She's championed legislation to encourage businesses to provide more affordable housing. Workers who make our economy tick should be able to find a place to live that's affordable in their general area of their jobs, he said. The governor took aim at China, who he said is strategically buying land across the country. We will not allow land grabs by the CCP-backed businesses in our state, he said. Well, he's really covered the territory, didn't he? DeSantis uh, stated that the speech touted uh, touting Florida's accomplishments and high rankings in law enforcement, recruitment, tourism, and solid budget surplus. We ranked number one in the nation for education freedom. We ranked number one in the nation for parental involvement in education. The governor transitioned to applauding the state's overall stance on the coronavirus pandemic, a theme throughout the governor's re-election campaign. We defied the experts. We bucked the elites. We did it our way, the Florida way, and the result is that we were the number one destination for our fellow Americans who are looking for a better life. The governor talked about the catastrophic hurricane that pummeled southwest Florida. Hurricane victims from Pine Island and Sanibel uh, were the governor's guests during the speech as he talked about the impact from rebuilding the bridges in a matter of days. He also cited the federal government's excessive spending, putting Americans in the worst period of sustained inflation. It led to the governor's efforts of slashing toll costs for Floridians, providing $1 billion in tax relief. You know, you only cut taxes if you've got a surplus and you're a well-run state. Fortunately, the governor and the legislature have done that. The governor brought several people who benefited from the state's initiatives and programs under his administration. For example, he highlighted someone who had benefited from the governor's truck driver initiatives. He's also talked about his record resources to help bring more nurses into the system. Uh, the governor highlighted the recruitment bonus program that provides law enforcement officers with a $5,000 signing bonus. Uh, he also uh, spotlighted a Cape Coral officer who took advantage of the program and moved from Maryland, uh, <laughs> the Soviet uh, state of Maryland. In any event, it was a great speech, in my view. Just a, Here's what the House Democrats had to say about it. Fentrice uh, Driscoll and Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book slammed the governor's speech. She said that uh, Driscoll said the speech is a tale of two Floridas, Ron DeSantis, Florida, the other Florida, she said. In, in one Florida, DeSantis feels like we are constantly being told to be angry about something. Now, where that comes from, I have no idea. Maybe it's because uh, she's projecting. Maybe it's because of the anger she feels. Some new enemy to fear or hate, and lately the policies coming out of Tallahassee have become more and more shocking unconstitutional and downright ridiculous, Driscoll, uh, Driscoll said. She said DeSantis is obsessed with woke, that he's, he's uh, asleep at the wheel, she said. And she goes, books are banned and libraries are, librarians are terrified. And she goes on like this. Anyhow, you can understand why there's nobody following the Democrat Party here in, in uh, Florida. You can see, the, he said, Here's another thing she said. He, DeSantis, gets headlines for attacking ESG, but it could cost Floridians, uh, taxpayers, hundreds of millions of dollars in a free market to be damned. She obviously doesn't understand ESG. In any event, uh, it was a great day. It was a great speech, and I hope you'll have a chance to see it. It's really worth watching. 33 minutes, really worth watching. Well, after Fox News uh, show Tucker Carlson Tonight aired previously on scene footage of the January 6, 2021 attack on the uh, U.S. Capitol, former President Donald Trump and a slew of Republicans uh, called for on investigations into the select committee. We're going to talk more about that later in the show. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Bob Levy, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, most health insurance plans don't cover international travel. You want to be able to travel with confidence and know you'll be in good hands if something happens. So visit the website internationalhealthplans.com. Internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Right now we have with us Bob Levy. He is the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute. Bob, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure. Good to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank headquartered in Washington, D.C., and focused on free markets, private property, securing individual rights, and limited government www.cato.org on the web. A terrific organization, cato.org. Bob, thank you for that. So uh, we uh, started talking about the key uh, cases that are going to be reviewed by the Supreme Court. There's usually about 70 cases done, reviewed annually, and uh, one of them is uh, a web design case involving free speech and gay rights. What are your thoughts? Yeah, we're talking about, you know, five of the really big cases that haven't yet been decided. And this one we talked about uh, last week, but just to give you uh, once over, the the question is whether a Colorado website designer can refuse to create a website for a same-sex wedding. There are several core constitutional rights at issue, including private property, freedom of association, free speech, religious exercise, and non-discrimination. So it's a pretty big case. Mm-hmm. So uh, can you give us a, a quick recap? Yeah. The, the First Amendment provides that individuals can't be compelled to say things that they find offensive. So the, the key in this case is the message, not the fact that the customer happens to be gay. Uh, this website design company, 303 Creative, would not refuse to serve gay people. And the owner, Lori Smith, she would design a website for gay people for just about any occasion, with one exception, not for their wedding. And uh, and she also would not uh, not design a same-sex wedding website for heterosexual friends of the gay people who wanted to give it as a gift. And she wouldn't design websites containing other messages that offend her uh, deeply held beliefs, such as, you know, a site that promoted abortion or, or gambling. So to her... 
It's the message that, mm-hmm. that matters. It's not the fact that the customer happens to be gay. So what will the Supreme Court, uh, what will be the ruling, do you think? Well, I think the court's going to have to establish some limiting principles. Otherwise, we have people like Lori Smith. She might have to design a website displaying the words, God loves gay marriage, even though she doesn't, she believes just the opposite. Yeah. And we, we might have Jewish tailors that have to d- fashion clothing for Nazis and, uh, and black-owned uh, tattoo parlors might have to draw uh, Confederate flags. So, you know, if you like those kinds of rules, you'll be rooting for the state of Colorado when the Supreme Court issues its uh, opinion. But if you think those rules are foolish, uh, as I do, uh, you'll be rooting for some common sense compromise. Or, or even just upholding. It's so woke and so broken. So Yes, uh, that's, that's right. So let's switch to the election law and gerrymandering. Tell us about Moore versus Harper. Yeah, North Carolina, Carolina Republicans sued to reinstate a voting map that was struck down by the state Supreme Court uh, on grounds of partisan gerrymandering. So the issue before the U.S. Supreme Court is not whether the redrawn districts are permissible, but rather whether state courts have any role in monitoring what the state legislature has done. Mm-hmm. And that's because the elections clause in the federal constitution says that the time, place, and manner of congressional elections shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that state courts can review those legislative acts. And that's why, you know, back in the Bush v. Gore days, Chief Justice Rehnquist argued in favor of this, what's called the independent state legislature doctrine, without any monitoring by the state courts. But he could only get Scalia and Thomas to agree with him. So this case now is a second bite at the apple for this so-called independent state legislature doctrine. So what are the implications if the uh, independent state uh, legislature doctrine is affirmed. Well, if, if it's affirmed, the state courts would not be able to review any voting or election-related state laws, including cases like Bush v. Gore, for example, or even uh, Trump's uh, attempts to have selected state legislatures overturn um, what the, uh, the voters had decided. So the question becomes, should the term legislature in Article 2 of the federal Constitution, be interpreted literally, which would mean it excludes the governor's signature and excludes state court reviews, or does the term legislature refer refer more broadly to a lawmaking system that involves all three branches, which has been the universal practice since the time of the framing? It certainly has. I just hate to think <laughs> about eliminating the courts from this process. So what's your prediction? How's this all going to turn out? Well, my view is that under a federalist system, we have state constitutions, and they're supposed to decide how state legislatures function. And all 50 states, as you mentioned, allow for vetoes by the governor and, and review by the judiciary. And that's likely what the framers meant when they, I think, carelessly said legislature mm-hmm. in Article 2. So maybe there's a middle ground, you know, let the state courts review these uh, uh, election-related acts of the legislature, but then, instead of the courts fashioning a remedy, send the matter back to the legislature to fix the problem. So the court itself would not be legislating. Right. But I, I want to mention this very late-breaking development. After the uh, uh, recent election, 2022, Republicans took control of the North Carolina Supreme Court. And now they voted to rehear this case, Moore v. Harper. So as a result, the U.S. Supreme Court has now ordered new briefing, which is due uh, uh, two weeks from now, March the 20th, on the question of whether the U.S. court should wait to see if the North Carolina court, when it rehears the case, now says that this map is okay. Because if the court says that, then maybe this case, Moore v. Harper, might be moot, and the U.S. Supreme Court never gets to the answer. Wow, so interesting. I mean, there's gerrymandering. It is such a political act, and it's unbelievable what can happen as a result. seems to me that the courts need to be involved, at least in reviewing uh, whether what uh, what was uh, completed by the 
legislatures in, in any way fair or not. So I, I hope, I hope uh, wisdom will prevail. I'm with you on that one, Bob. Yeah, thank you. Bob Levy, again, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. Bob, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Good to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Well, I'll just take a, a moment to tell you about something. It's pretty important to me. I serve on the board of the Optima Foundation, and we're preventing, uh, presenting our inaugural Education Freedom Gala. It's going to be the evening of Sunday, March the 26th at the Ritz-Carlton at Naples. And the special guest, the late-night uh, uh, show uh, champion, uh, Greg Gutfeld, is going to be the key speaker. He's a real champion for school choice and we're very pre- pleased to have him uh, speaking. So it's going to be a terrific event. I hope you'll visit OptimaFoundation.org. Optima.Foundation. I'm sorry, it's not. there's no org there. It's just Optima.Foundation. That's the website. If you go there and just click on events, you'll find this event. It's going to be terrific. And uh, again, supporting uh, what's very important to me is school choice. What this does is uh, uh, the... Uh, Optima Foundation creates and helps uh, create uh, charter schools and with the classical education model around the state of Florida. So it's a terrific organization, terrific cause, and it'll be a terrific evening again. Sunday, March the 26th at Ritz-Carlton, Greg Gutfeld, the uh, king of late night and champion for school choice. All right, coming up, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse. Changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. Also building a 44,000 square foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. I hope you'll find out more and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Andy. I always look forward to your to our segments on Wednesday morning. As do I. Starting off with good news. Well, it's, uh, today I have some good news. I, I I believe it's good news. I think most would agree with me. But on the lighter side of the good news, I'd like to say it's good news that Kellyanne Conway finally got divorced from George Conway. <laughs> <laughs> now, that that's in itself just a good news story. It uh, is. But the implication of that may be that we'll see Conway... Uh, re-entering the, the, the Trump campaign and ultimately perhaps the Trump presidency. So I, I thought she was an effective spokesperson for Donald Trump, and uh, I think the relationship with George 
uh, sort of soured that as time unfolded. So I, I think there might be a, a, a bigger side to that story than merely the divorce itself. To me, the most important good news story, it certainly is the one that I believe would be shared by most Americans, both Democrats and Republicans, is the release of the January 6th tapes to Tucker Carlson. Now, I, I know we've seen the barrage of uh, conspiratorial rhetoric, and I call it conspiratorial rhetoric against this process, against Tucker Carlson, because they all speak with one voice. That is the entire Democrat left. Uh, and all too many Republicans, but I'll I'll talk about that more later. But the <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is a little bit bad this morning. But uh, the, the release of those tapes and Tucker's handling of those tapes, I think, is a very good news story. Yeah, it what, is. You know, in fact, uh, yeah. uh, Chuck Schumer yesterday said, "Look, what do you think you could do? Believe me, or your lying eyes?" <laughs> you know? well, pretty, pretty much. That that's exactly what it, what he did say. You know this this outrage that these tapes were released, and yeah. somehow they should have also been released to CNN, MSNBC, and so forth. You know, when those networks have been uh, immersed in nothing but the carefully extracted and edited tapes of the J6 committee right. for the last two years. So there was no need to present the, the, the full other aspect of these tapes, because that was already the only view shown to Americans. Uh, so again, what Tucker has done has created balance. And I'll, I'll talk about that more in, in a in a minute. Um, finally, Gigi Sohn, Gigi Sohn, has withdrawn her nomination as FCC director. Now, this has been dragging on Bob for about two years. Yeah. Uh, this is a woman that essentially uh, expressed her desire that the government be allowed to suppress political opponents. So is that particular aspect of her background that has caused a resistance? And finally, after three attempts to get her into the FCC directorship, finally she withdrew her nomination. I think that's a good story. When we start to see very eccentric and inappropriate candidates uh, not reaching it to their, uh, to their intended office of the Biden administration. Um, you know, I, I, I just add to that. I just, I'll sorry, just let, yeah, just let me add to that. Of course, uh, by by her withdrawing, that ends. I think the discussion about net neutrality and trying to change us back to a system where the internet ends up being taxed and all kinds of government regulation. I mean, right now the uh, internet is a free market Xanadu. We need to keep it that way. I, I think even with this downside, I think you're absolutely correct, Bob. I think there's going to be, uh, every time there's a free speech issue, there's going to be um, uh, an upside and a downside, but that, that downside doesn't matter. It is the most important ingredient in a free society is free speech. So anything that allows more of it is a good thing. Anything that suppresses it, in my estimation, uh, is a bad thing. Right. Um, I think the uh, DeSantis State of the State Address was a very... Uh, brief, 33 minutes, I think it was, uh, but a very powerful uh, listing of the accomplishments of his administration in Florida. For those of us in Florida, I think he has been uh, an outstanding governor. Uh, I will talk more about that as it relates to Trump in the you know in a little while. But just on the on the surface at this moment, the DeSantis State of the State address was certainly uh, certainly a good news situation. Uh, somewhat of a, a not lighter, but I think a sort of an interesting uh, piece of good news in Florida. One of the uh, sorry in Texas, one of the representatives has introduced what is called a Texas bill, a withdrawal of Texas from the union. Now. I don't think, not advocating that, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think we finally have to reach a public discussion of the implications of what's going on in America. So anything that brings that into the news, anything that brings that to the forefront, I think is, is good news in general. I don't think we can ignore it. It's the elephant in the room. Right. There are certainly uh, two different nations at work here, the red and the blue nation. Uh, I think to ignore it, uh, is to eventually uh, cause our doom, so we have to address it. I think that Texas bill, Texas withdrawing like the uh, like the like the UK withdrawing from uh, from Europe. Uh, so essentially, I think that's a good news story. In my, not a good news story, but an interesting revealing story is Bernie Sanders was on the Bill Maher show, and Bill Maher uh, asked them to define the difference between equality. And equity, uh -huh. a very simple question. Most high schoolers, I think, could handle it. I know uh, anybody who's involved with anything can, can handle that. Bernie Sanders was not able to handle that question. He did not know how to differentiate between 
equality and equity. Here is what is seen by many as the leading American socialist. And this man could not define essentially the difference between those two terms. Eventually, Bill Maher defined the difference, and surprisingly, and he probably is going to have to retract this, Bernie Sanders came out in favor of equality and against <laughs> equity. Now, I, I don't think he'll be allowed to stay there. Uh, so, but I think it's, a, it's an interesting story about the lack of real depth information or awareness that many on the left have, to not be able to differentiate to differentiate those terms. And one more before we get into anything else. U.S. intel has said that, the, that it was Ukrainian forces that blew up the Nord Stream pipeline in 2022. They said it's still being investigated. They didn't say who among the Ukrainian forces. They did suggest that Zelensky probably wasn't involved. Uh, to me, Bob, it's just all too convenient uh, with the pressure being put on our government uh, as, a, as a perpetrator of this act that all of a sudden our intel agencies and much of Europe uh, would be revealing that this was done by Ukrainian forces. All I would suggest is the blowing up of that pipeline was an extremely sophisticated event requiring extremely sophisticated equipment. Um, whether U Ukraine forces of any sort would have that knowledge and equipment uh, is certainly, uh, on the surface, dubious, Bob. Well, uh, the claim is that it was part of the Navy SEALs operation out of a Ukraine. <laughs> they don't even have a Navy, so it's pretty unbelievable. Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's all kinds of explanatory <clears throat> comments being made, uh, but I think considering the timing and where we're at right now, I, I, again, I've, I've become certainly resistant to any statement come out of the government. That's unfortunate, but I, I am in that position. Uh, so to hear this, I, I have to figure out what it really means. And, you know, my explanation was that it was trying to perhaps cover up the United States' involvement with that. Yeah, no, no doubt. I feel compelled just to say this, though. Well, for, for Bernie Sanders' sake, uh, equality is, a, is an outcome of, is a... Uh, uh, equal opportunity for all. Equity is outcomes equal at, at, at all uh, for all. So well, let me just make a point that I've made on your show before. But most people don't understand the difference between equal employment opportunity (EOP), which uh, happened in the mid '60s, and eventually affirmative action, which happened in the early '70s. Equal employment opportunity is equality. Yep. Affirmative action is equity. Uh, those are two entirely different concepts. Right. As I used to talk to my classes about these back when it was possible before the woke environment, uh, I, I would suggest, are you for EOP or affirmative action? They would say, well, for both. I say, you can't be. Right. You have to be for one or the other. You can't be for both. Andy, we need to take a little break. Can you stick around? I'll be here, Bob. All right. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now 
now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Times they're changing and trends in funeral services are no exception. The traditional, somber, formal affair marking one's passing is transitioning into a celebratory event where family and friends can gather more casually in a relaxed setting that incorporates the comforts of home. Each of issues unique. We're all made up of little details that makes us different and irreplaceable. At Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens, there are many details that set them apart, differences you'll find nowhere else. Hodges Funeral Home at Memorial Gardens offers flexible chapel and event space, a modern funeral home, a celebration of life center, cremation options, and a 100% service guarantee. Call Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens at 239-597-3101. That's 239-597-3101. Or visit the website dignitymemorial.com. That's www.dignitymemorial.com. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and they know the policies. They just want to help uh, prepare your elected officials to win in the state legislature. The website is thefga.org, thefga.org. We continue the conversation with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Good to be. Thank you, Andy. I just uh, would, thought we'd just catch up a little bit on what's happening on some of the conflicts around the world. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of saber-rattling going on right now to perhaps test the Biden administration. I think we can see that coming out of, uh, of Russia and also out of, out of North Korea. Uh, Russia, there's a, uh, a Russian ideologue, a philosopher ideologue. He's called Putin's brain. His name is Alexander Dugin. Most people uh, perhaps have not heard of him, but he is the, the strong right-wing uh, vo- uh, voice of what many people believe is the inner, the inner Putin. Mm-hmm. Now, what he has said recently, very recently, and he's sort of echoing uh, comments from the past, he says that Russia cannot see territory in Ukraine uh, of any sort. That would be Donbass, Crimea, without Russia finding itself in a civil war. That under any circumstance, mm. if Russia takes a step back, it'll lead to a thousand steps backward. He says they cannot lose in Ukraine, and they will not lose until it's fully liberated from, as he calls it, the pro-NATO political elites. Uh, so again, this is the way he's positioning it. He uh, hints at the implication of nuclear war without stating that's that's a potential. Now, I don't think there's uh, anything really new in what Dugan is saying as of uh, perhaps uh, late uh, later last week or early this week. Uh, but again, I think it reflects an attempt uh, to provoke Putin, provoke the uh, the war hawks in this country to uh, to have to reassess their position. So we'll have to see how that plays out. In North Korea, the, the, the sister of, uh, of the North Korean leader, her name Kim Yo Jong, Kim Yo Jong, um, is lamenting the B-52 flyover of uh, South Korea during a joint exercise of the South uh, with the United States. And again, she is, uh, again, hinting of uh, retaliatory actions, whether they're uh, missile launches uh, over the Pacific or uh, moving larger force accumulations to the 38th parallel. She doesn't make clear. But again, uh, with the general pressure in Korea as the, the total peninsula growing for unification, uh, and by the way, the, most people are not aware that this has been a constant pressure ever since, uh, ever since the artificial division between Russia and the United States of the North and the South. I mean, this was just the politicization of the Korean Peninsula. So there's been a lot of agreement both in the North and the South to somehow reach an accommodation for for uh, for unification. So I'm just suggesting this may be an early entree into moving that forward. Uh, but it also is something that I think will test 
the Biden administration in terms of their response uh, to a, uh, a nuclear potential, and that's North Korea. The same thing applies in the, in the Alexander Dugan situation. Uh, how will the Biden administration uh, react to a nuclear potential? And for those uh, American hawks who think we should uh, just stay with Ukraine to the end, the very end, no matter what, I, I certainly would ask them, you know, just to what great length would you risk the well-being of America to mm-hmm. that end? Uh, yet no one is willing to answer that question uh, to the large extent because it's never asked. Uh, Clausewitz, uh, the, the famous commentator on war, uh, indicated that all, all war is politics by other means. And unless you have a political end in mind, a war serves no purpose. And yet, what I'm seeing in Ukraine for the United States, Bob, mm-hmm. is essentially a war that has no meaningful political purpose. You know, I share one other concern that I have. Of course, we're seeing now uh, the uh, collusion between Russia and uh, the uh, and uh, China. <clears throat> I think that relationship is growing stronger as a result of the conflicts. And quite frankly, I think the Saudi Arabians are beginning to uh, sour on their relationship with the United States. And how about Iran? I mean, I think there's a new axis of power that's starting to grow, and it's at the exclusion of the United States and its power. Well, we had talked briefly about that last week, <clears throat> that if we talk about it in terms of the Southern Hemisphere, where 6.3 billion uh, people of the earth live. Uh, that's where Russia and China have high levels of favoritism other than the United States. Most of that southern hemisphere has a strong memory of former European colonial, colonialization and the actions of the United States as it pertains to uh, countries in the Middle East and so forth. Uh, so there's a strong element of worldwide popular support for Russia and China, and a, a relationship between them certainly would create uh, very strong outrage and dismay in the West. But mm. I think for the rest of the world, it would be just a, a logical uh, extension of the current relationship, Bob. Right. I don't think this presidency is doing ourselves, doing the, the United States, any favors right now. I think it's slowly, well, I'm not even thinking, it's slowly, uh, <clears throat> Very quickly, we're getting to see uh, the power and respect for the United States erode around the globe. It's very sad to see. Andy, well, I mean, with, look, with good reason. I'm, you know, as, as you, I'm very pro-American, of course. I, I, I love this country. I love its constitution. Uh, but again, we can see that this country, by its very institutional nature, uh, is causing the world to not trust us, with good reason. Yeah. For the same reason we don't trust it as citizens, I think the world's citizens uh, distrust it for the same reasons, Bob. Well said, Andy. Andy, uh, I want to talk to you about January 6th and everything that's going on in the Tucker Carlson Show. Can you stick around? I will be here, Bob. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, You'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere 
that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We continue the conversation with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of uh, Josephus of Oz. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Always good to be here, Bob. Thank you, Andy. So uh, I was looking forward to our discussion on the January 6th tapes how it's been handled, and uh, the messages so far, and your thoughts about everything that's going on. Well, as I alluded to before, the conspiratorial, well, I have to see it as conspiratorial, a reaction against this relationship with Tucker, and what Tucker Carlson is doing uh, on air is just is, is quite amazing. Every leftist outlet, every leftist p- p- politician, and all too many on the right are as of one voice, uh, just uh, condemning this process. It's really amazing to watch it unfold. They not only are condemning it, but almost all of them are using exactly the same language. It's, it's one of those things. And, of course, if you invoke the word conspiracy in America, you're, you're rejected automatically. But there's no other way to define this except conspiracy. If we look at what the American people thought about this, let's say prior to the actual process of uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, comments, uh, 80% of Republicans thought the tapes should have been released. 78% of Democrats thought they should have been released. So this is uh, a bipartisan issue about the, the general issue of releasing those tapes, with 61% feeling that there, were fed, there was federal involvement in the actual process, the rioting and the, uh, and the disturbances at the Capitol on that day. So with those numbers in mind, I see this, there should be no problem in releasing the tapes. For those that said they, these tapes should have gone to, uh, again, as I mentioned before, to the, to the leftist uh, media outlets, those leftist media outlets have had all of the, the, the tape uh, incriminatory information already. Right. Uh, as best I can establish, the, um, the total amount of time of the 40 hours of tape that was eventually released to the American public by the J6 committee was about five minutes. Now, those five minutes were carefully uh, extracted, carefully uh, filtered out, and even manipulated uh, to produce their point of view. So now we have the other 40 hours plus, uh, essentially, 40,000 hours plus, and essentially, you know, now this is causing, this is causing outrage. If we look at what uh, the Republicans who are rejecting this or resisting this uh, are saying, and that would include uh, Mitch McConnell, um, uh, Tom Tillis, um, uh, Kevin Kramer of uh, North Dakota, Mitt Romney, of course, Mike Rounds of South Dakota, uh, all loudly condemning this, this release and, and Tucker Carlson's comments. Now, I, I would like to ask, you know, where, where were, were these Republicans uh, when this was being described as the, uh, the greatest threat to our democracy? Where were they when it was described as a deadly in, insurrection? Uh, where, again, where were they when this was described as a deadly assault, including the killing with a fire extinguisher of, of, of police officer Sicknick? Yeah. Uh, where were they when they when they they edited the full film, uh, the tapes to show Josh Hawley apparently running out out of cowardness first in line? Actually, as we saw. Josh Hawley was the last to leave uh, in this process. So, uh, so, so we, Andy, also the Ashley Babbitt murder was justified yeah. by the by the J six committee essentially. Uh, so, and, and also included beyond the tapes was the interview with uh, former police lieutenant on Capitol Police Lieutenant uh, Tariq Johnson, uh, who indicated that when he was there, he was trying desperately to get assistance, but no one responded. He wanted help. No one responded. He went into the crowd and uh, was given or grabbed in some way a MAGA hat, put it on. His basic point would be to try to get through the crowd without any problem. And he did that. Yet he was fired. Uh, 
he lost his pension. He, he was damaged. He was never called before the J6 committee. So my basic point is, look, the, to balance out the obvious politicization of the J6 committee itself, I think what Tucker has done is provide the counterbalance. Now, certainly, I think that even within Tucker Carlson's comments, he alluded to the violence. He alluded to the, uh, the, the segment of the population that acted in an inappropriate manner. So he wasn't ignoring that, as most right. of these critics claim. But he was saying, look, there are more, there's more information here. And much of that new information can obviously refute what the J6 committee has been telling you for two years. So for these Republicans especially to condemn Tucker Carlson, Carlson for releasing real information that you can see with your own eyes, that's outrageous to me, Bob. I couldn't agree more, Andy. And I, I will say this is for the Republicans and the rhinos and the people who are uh, upset about uh, the release of these tapes. I think this all goes back to one thing. Uh, the uh, Democrats have tried to prove that this was an insurrection, perhaps the worst insurrection since the Civil War, but yada, yada, yada. You, you go on from there. This is all about actually trying to paint Donald Trump, orange man, bad, trying to make it so that uh, they could make sure that he can't run for president. Now, this narrative is being upset. More, more uh, open minds right now can take a look at the evidence and see that, in, as Tucker is saying, this is, not, this is just some peaceful chaos in some ways. It's not an insurrection. So this is what I think is uh, this whole uh, narrative is crumbling as a result of Tucker Carlson's commentary. I, I hope that's true. There's every reason it, it should be true. If we add into this the um, uh, the extended uh, video of the uh, uh, the, the QAnon uh, shaman right. and how he was being escorted through the Capitol building by Capitol Police, they even tried to open some doors for him. They escorted him into the Senate chamber. And this is a man that is being sent away for four years. Now, he probably did something wrong, definably illegal, like trespassing or something of the sort. But four years, yeah. four years for this man is, is an outrage. The fact that there are probably, the number is still unknown, a hundred people uh, being decrained without habeas corpus, uh, suspension of habeas corpus, uh, with no charges, with no ability to get, to get bail, uh, just an outrage, merely because they were there and their faces could be identified uh, with facial recognition software. Right. Uh, so we're looking at some serious violations of our of our constitution. We're looking at obviously, in many cases, the uh, attempt to directly lie to the American people for political gain. And yet, uh, every Democrat, every Democrat media, and too many Republicans all think this was a good idea to maintain this sham without challenge, Bob. So well said, Andy, and uh, it's. Uh... Uh, pretty disappointing, but that uh, this has been uh, kind of promoting and, and uh, perpetuating a lie for two years. Now it's all coming down. Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer was having a heart attack there in the Capitol as he was talking about what's going on, trying to get Fox. And by the way, it's interesting to me is uh, uh, you, you can hear about uh, what's happened on January 6th, for example, on the Tucker Carlson show. Maybe uh, Sean Hannity, uh, maybe some others. But you know what? Daytime TV on Fox, no mention of any of this. Nothing, nothing. Amazing. Uh, my, well, my ongoing lament is that we have so few warriors. I mean, we've got uh, Trump, we've got DeSantis, and we've got Tucker. Now, there are some other voices that occasionally uh, join in, but for the most part, the, these are the three warriors on the right, and I, I think that each of them is indispensable in their, in their own way, which, again, gets back to one of our discussions. This is why I really don't want to see a head-to-head -head with DeSantis and Trump. These are two fine men, two great warriors for America. To see them battle is just, uh, you know, I know you believe there'll be information released and it'll uh, be made available to the American people. I, I can't totally argue with that, but I just don't want to see these two great men battle. I just think it's uh, it's damaging to, to both of them, Bob. Well, I think, uh, let's just see how it plays out, quite frankly. I think, uh, uh, so trash, you know, uh, uh, Trump likes to trash talk. There's no question about that. Well, DeSantis won't participate. And I think there is respect. You know, when you trash talk with another player on, on a basketball court, in most cases, you really respect that person and what he can do. So maybe that's part of the whole process. Well, it, it is. And this is 
is how Trump succeeded in 2016. Uh, I think DeSantis hopefully is mature enough to understand this is uh, essentially not personal, although it may be, uh, because of uh, the trust issue between DeSantis and trust ha- Trump having been violated. But I, again, I, I don't want either of these men to be damaged. Uh, I see, as I told you before, I see Trump in 2024 as the most important thing uh, in America's future. Uh, but 2028 and beyond 2032, I think DeSantis will make an, a, a remarkable president, and I think he will do ultimately uh, for this country what he was able to do for Florida. Bob. From your lips to God's ear. Again, Andrew Joppa, professor. God, you're on good talking terms. <laughs> really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Talk soon, Bob. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests lined up for tomorrow, including Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Michael Cannon is a director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. The former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us, as well as Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Uh, we want to expand the audience and therefore reward our advertisers for supporting the show. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.